came up. Um, so what I want to do this morning is I want to um, pass around. There's something in this basket, and just go ahead and pass that around, and everyone take one. And by the end of the teaching today, it will make sense what I'm giving out. And hopefully we have enough. If we don't end up having enough, then maybe, maybe couples or families can share. Um, if I were to ask you, and I have asked this before, and I'm going to ask you again. If I were to ask you or any Christian, how would you go about bringing the gospel to your community? How do you go about bringing the gospel to your community? The standard typical answer I'm going to probably get is something like this. Well, I'm going to invite them to church, and then I'm going to hope that faith preaches a real good sermon about salvation, and then hopefully they'll get saved at church. And um, I'm just going to keep working on them, and I'm going, to, I'm going to try to look for an opportunity to tell them about Jesus and why they should come to church. It's, I'm, at some point, I'm going to hear several variations of that answer. And it reminds me of, if you were here a few weeks ago, I had a plant, and I asked you, why did that plant look shriveled up? It was a poinsettia. I said, why did the, the petals look all shriveled up? And there were all kinds of guesses. Maybe it wasn't getting enough water, maybe not enough sunshine. And I ended up showing you by pulling the stalk out of the dirt that it, was, it had actually been cut and just shoved in the dirt. There were no roots at all. And so I want to talk to you today. I guess my title is Kingdom Seeds. To preach church to a community to a world that is lost, that is separated from God for all of eternity, to approach them with a church message, which boils down to come to church and hopefully you will get saved and then you'll be like one of us. That is very much like that plant that I just described. A plant in a pot that is withered is due often to a seed never being planted. And so what happens when, when we preach the gospel that is churchianity, and we try to get people in church without ever planting kingdom seeds, and this is what I'm talking about today, to do that is to end up with a nice little church plant, but a soon withering church plant. A church that really in effect, is not solidly grounded in the kingdom of God so that we will end up not really accomplishing or serving the pur purpose of the kingdom here on this earth. And I want to remind you of the words of um, a guy named Neil Cole, a church planting uh, speaker, teacher. I quoted him before. He said he was describing his church planting experience where he had a mega church. He said, we planted a worship service and a children's ministry. We planted a church when all along we should have planted the seed of the kingdom of God. He also said the church is the byproduct of the kingdom of God. These are, this is just a quick 
recap of a previous sermon I preached recently. The church is the byproduct of the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is the seed being planted, and then out of that grows the church. And that, that is exactly what happened. And if, if you don't believe that, you, you perhaps haven't read the New Testament. If you read the Gospels, long before what there was the book of Acts... For three years, there was the kingdom of God. There were kingdom seeds being planted, people being ministered to, captives being set free, people being healed, the poor being clothed and fed, people sick and imprisoned being visited by Jesus' followers. Um, those were seeds, kingdom seeds being planted. And from those three years of kingdom seed planting, the church sprouted and grew into what it is today. It, it's, it permeates the, the whole earth. But the church grew from kingdom seeds. So, again... The church is the byproduct of the kingdom of God and not the other way around. So I want to talk about what does it mean to be sowers of kingdom seeds. So let's talk about if, if you've been to school in your lifetime, you probably remember there are, I think, two main types of seed sowing. Do you remember we learned about dispersal, right? Like a dandelion seed being dispersed by the wind or seeds that are dispersed by water or by animals through, um, you know, their digestive system. Uh, and then there's even explosive kinds of seed dis dispersal where I think it's fascinating. A, you can have a, uh, a pine cone. And, and what uh, God's design is such that he actually uses forest fires for the dispersal of those seeds. It's amazing how that happens. So let's look at this uh, verse in Mark chapter 4 starting in verse 26, Mark 4, 26. There are several instances when Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God, he used the metaphor of seeds being sown, and he did it for a reason. So Mark 4, verse 26, and he, Jesus, said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Even though the man in this parable is intentionally scattering seed, I like to think of this passage of Scripture more as seed dispersal, a parallel to seed dispersal as opposed to intentionally taking a shovel and digging a hole and planting a seed in the ground. And I'll tell you why. You get this picture of this man, and he's just walking along the rows of soil, and he's scattering seed, and then it says he goes to sleep, and he has no idea how, but eventually those seeds come up. It says he sleeps by night and rises by day. In other words, in other words, this man is just going about his daily life. He scatters the seeds and he's not really thinking a lot about it after that. He lets the sun and the, and the rain and the nutrients in the soil take it from there, right? All he's done is scattered seeds and then he goes to bed. 
and he goes about his daily life. I think of this as spiritual seed dispersal. You and I, whether we think about it or not, and we need to think about it, we need to become very, very extremely, almost hyper-conscious of the fact that you and I, as we go about our daily life, as we sleep and as we rise, as we go to work, as we talk to our neighbors, as we go to school, as we interact in our home, as we carry ourselves in the marketplace and on social media, that's huge we need to be very conscious of the fact that we are constantly scattering seed. You are constantly scattering some kind of seed. Whether you like it or not, whether you're conscious of it or not, you and I are always scattering some kind of seed. And as a result of our life, as a result of the seeds we scatter, every time we open our mouth, Every time we type a post, every time we go to the grocery store and interact with a cashier, every time we're in traffic during rush hour, hello, we are dispersing some kind of seed, and it is either a kingdom seed or it is a bad seed that will yield weed. And there is a lot of weeds being sown by the church today. That's why we have so many people in the world saying, well, I have no interest in church because I see what those Christians are like. And they're no different from anybody else. That is bad seed being sown. That is weeds. And so my challenge to us, including myself today, is let's be good stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul warns us about that. He says, be good stewards of the gospel. Another way to say that, so a stewardship, as you know, is a responsibility. You and I are responsible for how we, how we bear the image of God in this world. I'll say that again. You and I have a stewardship. We are responsible for how we represent Jesus Christ and Father God to this world in which we live. Jesus was very careful how he represented the Father. Did you ever notice that? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. However I act, however I sound, however I respond, that's what God is like. He was very, very, he lived his life very conscious of how he represented his father. Could you and I say to people, if you've seen me, you've seen the father? I mean, I don't mean that in a blasphemous way. I'm, I'm serious. Like, I, I'm convicted. I'm, I'm thinking about this. Like, could I actually, am I living in such a way that, that I could actually say to someone, if you've seen me, then you have actually seen what the Father God is like? I don't know that I can always say that. Because I think sometimes, too many times, I'm guilty of dispersing really bad seed. Let me ask you a question. And this is a question I'm asking myself. I've thought about this question a lot since becoming a pastor. And that's actually, 
that's bad because I should have been thinking about this way before becoming a pastor. I should have been thinking about this question the minute I became a Christian. This is not a pat. This is not a question. What I'm about to ask you, it's not a question for a person in ministry. Ministry, because we're all in ministry. I hope. This is a question for a Christian. Would people be generally shocked to find out you're a Christian? I've asked myself so many times <laughs> when I'm in the marketplace. You know, I'm, I'm dealing with this person in business, in a place of business, who's really annoying, perhaps unreasonable and unfair, and the temptation is right there to just call down judgment fire. Be rude. It's like, you're going to be rude to me, I'll be rude back to you. And then I think, okay, just my luck or just the way things go with me, I'm going to say what I'm really feeling right now, and next Sunday that person's going to walk in the door deciding to visit my church. They're going to see me standing up here and be like, oh, it's her. It's her. <laughs> but see, I shouldn't only be thinking that because I'm a pastor. That's irrelevant. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I remember years ago, a person's name came up in conversation. I was talking to someone else, and this other person's name came up. And I mentioned that this person attends my church, and that person who worked with this person we were talking about, in a good way, not a bad way, this person said to me, oh, she goes to church? There was genuine shock because the person she worked with was apparently a different person who attended church. And I never forgot that. It has to do with, with seed dispersal. What kind of seeds do you scatter as you go about your daily life? Are they kingdom seeds? Are they something that will take root in the heart of the person you are interacting with and germinate and produce a fruit that says, wow, I, I want that. I want to be that kind of a tree. Because that is actually, that person is beneficial. See, that's what a Christian is. Really, a person who's beneficial to society in the most effective way, not just materially, but spiritually, emotionally, in every single way Christ Jesus has brought salvation to the body, soul, and spirit, and you and I are to be agents of salvation, good stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ, sowers of good seed. Ephesians 5.15 says this, see then that you walk circumspectly, let's pull that apart, walk simply means live, the way you live, or the way you carry yourself. Circumspectly, it means like it, it sounds, looking around. It's like, if you've ever taught your kids how to drive, I will pray for you right now. I'll have a special service, prayer service for you, because you can pray for me. But I, I tell them, keep your head on a swivel, Constantly look around. Constant, don't just look once. Keep your head on a swivel. Well, it's kind of like this. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise, redeeming the time because the days are, are evil. In other words, we don't have much time left. We, do, we cannot afford to not be very careful about what kind of seed we are dispersing as we walk along in this life. 
We have to be circumspect, always looking around. Where is my seed landing? What kind of seed am I sowing? As I walk out this Christian life that I profess with my mouth, but does the rest of my life say other than what I profess? Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Colossians 4, verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Now, this is what good seed looks like, verse 6. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each one. You know, notice it says, so that you may know how you ought to answer people. We already know what to answer, right? I mean, I know what to answer, don't you? Man, I know exactly what the stupid people need to hear me say, right? I mean, whatever your definition of stupid people is, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. But I know what to say. We know what to say. The problem is we don't know how to say it. That's our problem. It's no good saying the right thing if you say it the wrong way. So it says, let your, see, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, not dumped with salt. You know, Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. It was my Uncle Ben who, I'll, he, he, he told me, we would never unscrew a salt, sh a salt shaker and pour the whole bottle out on our scrambled eggs. You would just wouldn't do that. And yet, sometimes we're in, when we're in the world engaging with people outside the church, we do that. And we're so proud of ourselves for saying gospel things and Jesus-y things. And it's like, we don't know how to say it with grace. So it's like the salt gets dumped into the conversation. And we wonder why people walk away with a bad taste in their mouth about the church. We wonder why. Well, maybe we just burnt their tongue with our ungracious, ungracious words. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 7. This is Paul commending the Thessalonian church for their good seed dispersal. And let's imagine again, like we did last Sunday, he is saying, I would hope that this is what Paul would say to us. You became examples, Wellsburg Community Church, you became examples to all in Lauman and Ashland and Corning and Elmira and Waverly, to everyone else who believe. For from you, Wellsburg, the word of the Lord has sounded forth good seed dispersal, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place, every place you go every day. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. Wouldn't that be amazing if we became so good at dispersing kingdom seeds wherever we go every day that there wouldn't be a need to even say anything. It would just be so obvious concerning our faith in God. And then there's um, intentional planting. I wanted to talk about, uh, let's see, where's that verse? Do I have that? Um, one more verse on uh, 
seed dispersal, just the, the scattering of the seed. Psalm 4, 6, <laughs> this story comes to mind. Psalm 4, 6 says, there are many who say, who will show us any good? Isn't that true? It has never been more true than right now in 2020. So many people are saying, who will show us any good? You go on the news feed, it's like, who will show me something good? <laughs> right? There are many who say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. This is even just talking about as much as our face expression. I'll never forget, I was traveling. I was in downtown Lancaster once, and I walked into a hotel, and the young man at the front desk, he looked at me, and he goes, you're mean. I said, (laughs) I said, excuse me? He says, you got a scowl on your face. You're, you're scary. <laughs> and I, he said, is something wrong? I said, no, I, I, I guess this is my, my resting non-Christian face. <laughs> and it got my attention. I, from that point on, I became intentional about my facial expression. I mean, some of us, let's just face it, we have a facial construction that if we're not smiling, we look mean. I guess I'm one of those. But it really made me think, wow, if a stranger thought that, then, then I really need to work on just the scattering of better seed. So that what if that guy found out, found out I'm a Christian, the mean girl? You see what I mean? And so I have tried to be so much more intentional about just being conscious of having a pleasant expression on my face. Walking through the store, I'm tired, I'm in a hurry, I don't want to deal with any rude people, you know, I'm, I've already dealt with this and this and this and, the, and her and him, you know, I still have to be so careful about what kind of seed I'm dispersing everywhere I go, down to the very expression on my face. So I will often be conscious of that and force a pleasant, a, a, a look on my face that reflects the kingdom of God. Because I want, I want people to, to recognize a difference and say, hey, what's up with you? You're, you're, you're happy. See, that should be my story. And I want that to be my story. Okay, so intentional seed planting. Um, one, another, this is the second part of this. Uh, Matthew 13, 31. Another parable he put forth to them saying... The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Now, you see how this is different? Now he's not scattering seed. He's got an actual seed, and he's taking that one seed, and he's sowing it in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest and its branches. I read, and maybe our our gardener friend Ken can verify this, but I read that here in the West, a mustard seed will produce like a shrub, but I read that in the East, it actually grows into a tree, and and you can see like clouds of birds nesting in, in the mustard tree. I mean, that's what I read. So, and Jesus seems to confirm this, um, and when I, th- I cannot read this verse without thinking about dear little Wellsburg Community Church, the least of all the seeds, the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, 
It is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree that the birds of the air can come and nest in its branches. What did Jesus say? I'm the vine, you are the branches. See, I like to think of this place as a place that's a sanctuary. In fact, we have a tree theme in our cafe. That was very intentional. Every wall thing hanging on the wall is a tree. That was intentional. Because I want this to be a place where birds, and another place, um, it says birds of every kind came to nest in this tree's branches. That's what I want. That's what, I, that's what God wants his church to be. A mighty, a mighty tree with strong branches so that birds of every kind would feel safe and find shelter in that tree. But there has to be intentional planting. And I believe this is a different kind of planting that is absolutely equally as important as just the seeds you and I disperse as we just live our life. This is very intentional planting of kingdom seeds. Because what does Jesus say in Matthew 5, 16? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Notice it says works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. A lot of Christians get confused, especially brand new Christians. They say this is not talking about works as necessary for salvation. No, that's a free gift. But works are absolutely necessary to show forth and display the glory of God. In fact, if we're not doing good works, we should really close our doors. We really should. But apparently we must be because the Dandy Mini Mart in Wellsburg just raised $982 for us. Because somehow they saw this light shining here and they saw some kind of good works that made them say that is worth investing in. Isn't that amazing? 1 Peter 2.12. Have 1 Peter 2.12. Have your conduct... Have your conduct, that is your behavior, honorable among the Gentiles. This speaks of people outside the church. So that when they speak against you as evildoers, have you ever had anyone speak against you, assuming you're an evildoer? So here's the answer right here. Have your conduct, your behavior, honorable. This is your real life face-to-face behavior and your online behavior. We have to say this now in this century. We have to say this. Have your conduct honorable among those outside the church so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good arguments, which they observe, is that what it says? By your good by your good debates, which they observe. It doesn't say by your good arguments. What does it say? By your good works, which they observe, they will glorify God in the day of visitation. I've been reading about how on the streets of Wuhan, the Christians, the true Christians, are risking their lives and their health to pass out um, sanitizer and face masks and food to people who don't have it. That is intentional sowing of kingdom seeds. That is good works that glorify the Father God in heaven. First Peter 3.16 says, having a good conscience, 
having a good conscience, so that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. You notice how many times it says doing and not saying? Again, we know the right things to say, but if our works do not back up and match the things we are saying about Jesus Christ, we really should stop talking because that's bad seed dispersal. It's sowing weeds. So this is telling us is if you have a good conscience and good conduct, people will eventually be ashamed for treating you and speaking and talking and acting as though you're an evildoer. So, there's a passage in 1 Thessalonians 2, starting with verse 4, and I believe this passage speaks of both kinds of sowing, your everyday seed dispersal and intentional planting of kingdom seeds. When we have our, our giveaways in the summer, our free clothing giveaways and our free cookouts where we give away hamburgers and hot dogs to the community, that is intentional sowing of kingdom seeds. Every single time one of you takes a casserole to someone who is sick or visits someone in the hospital or in the BSU or just gives someone a call or a card or walks across the room to sit down next to someone that you see is alone. That is sowing kingdom seeds, and I promise you all day long, God will water that seed and it will produce fruit, and we will become that tree that birds of the air can find shelter in. First First Thessalonians 2 verse 4, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, translated, we have been trusted with a bag of seeds, kingdom seeds, and you're holding them. Each of you has a seed in your hand. Did anyone not get one? As we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. See, some people will hear that and they'll say, yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I, I don't speak in a way that I'm not interested in pleasing anybody with what I say. I only have to please God. Okay, I agree. So now let's go and see what that looks like, speaking in a way that, only ple- that pleases God and not just man. Okay, verse 5. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness, God is witness, nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or for others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. And here we go, verse 7. This is what kingdom seed looks like. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Wow. Because you had become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preached to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses and God also how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. Back to this uh, 
parking situation we talked about in the beginning, it struck me <laughs> what fertile soil we have for kingdom seed planting. You know what God is doing, don't you? Sometimes you just, if you're tuned in, you can see so clearly what God is up to. Here is fertile soil, Wellsburg Community Church. And what does fertile ha soil have in it sometimes? Manure. It's stinky. But it is fertile ground for the kingdom of God to grow and for the church to become strong and vibrant in a community. So what are we going to do? We're going to sow kingdom seeds, not weeds. We're going to bless and not curse. We're going to do good. We're going to be loving and kind and gracious. And we're going to pray, God, will you show us how to represent you properly to those around us in this community? We're going to be planters of kingdom seeds. So as you look at that seed that you're holding, it is a mustard seed. You can tuck it in your Bible, in your wallet, in your shirt pocket wherever you will see it often, as a reminder, I would like to ask you, what kind of seeds are we sowing? What kind of seed are you dispersing? In your home, when you wake up, when you speak to those around you, like we really should start there, actually. If we can't get that, like don't even go outside. Really? I mean, what good is it if we're so kind and gracious to everyone out there and we can't be to those we live with? Ouch! I'm preaching to myself and it hurts. I'm stepping on my own toes. <laughs> but I just really, I, I want to get this. I, I want to be, I want to walk in obedience because I know God honors obedience. What kinds of seeds are we sowing online? Are we sowing at work? in the marketplace, in our neighborhood. And I want to close with this verse because sometimes it's really hard and painful to sow kingdom seeds. Weeds are so much easier to grow. Look, you don't even have to work to produce weeds. I don't know anyone, I've never met a single person that says, hey, I've been working all day planting weeds, got to do some more tomorrow. I've never heard that. We don't have to work at being unloving and ungracious and rude and disrespectful. We don't have to work at that. It comes natural. But it's hard work to pull up those weeds and to replant with kingdom seeds. Kindness, graciousness, respect, loving Words, loving tone, a loving heart. It's hard work, isn't it? I'm going to close with Psalm 126, 6. Psalm 126, verse 6, because some of you sitting here today are right here. He who continually, that means you've been at this every single day for a long time, for a long time. He who continually goes forth weeping. Because sometimes it's really hard planting kingdom seeds, isn't it? You, know, you wonder if, you, if you're ever going to see as much as a sprout. 
but the word promises us, he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless, doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Bringing in the sheaves. I just made Darlene really happy. Bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. That's where that comes from. So we're going to keep planting. Even though we're weeping while we're doing it, we've got this promise. We shall doubtless reap a great harvest if we keep planting holding on to God for all we're worth, begging for his mercy and grace to find strength in time of need. Let's pray. Father, we can, all of us, look at our lives and think about seeds we've sown. Lord, even the seeds that we've sown in our, in our lives and in our past, even before we knew you, God, some of us, Lord, it's like we're entangled with weeds from seeds we've sown. Father God, I pray this morning that you, the master gardener, the master cultivator of our hearts, that you yourself would uproot those hard, strong weeds that have taken such deep root in our lives. I pray that you would do that today, that you would clear some weeds, Lord, weeds of, of bitterness, sorrow, grief, anger, guilt. Holy Spirit, would you do your work in the soil of our hearts? I pray, Lord, that we would be mindful of the kind of seed we are dispersing as we go throughout our everyday lives. Father, would you convict us when we are in danger of sowing weeds? Would you convict us where we are not properly representing who you are to this world? Lord, would you teach us what a kingdom seed looks like? and make us master gardeners, God. I, I pray that this church would become a strong, huge, vibrant, welcoming mustard tree that birds of every kind would come and find rest and shelter in these branches because of the seeds we have so intentionally and carefully sown. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. We pray that you would bless this food in our fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen.